Young Money is at it again. Kyle Larson wins at Martinsville, and this is the most important stop of the day, the Money Stop, your one-stop shop for NASCAR betting, presented by Kicking the Tires. He's Cole Cusimano, my older brother. I'm Stephen Cusimano, and man, we had another really successful week, Cole, in terms of our predictions and forecasting the outlook for the NOCO 400 at Martinsville. It was absolutely everything we predicted. I guess the downside is the racing was, once again, not not the greatest in terms of that short track package that NASCAR has some things to work on. But Kyle Larson was your pick to win. He wound up in victory lane. He looked up and down the top 10. It was a who's who of a lot of veteran drivers and guys that we were predicting to finish right around where they did. And uh, again, just another very successful week for us here on the most important stop of the day. And another one of those weeks, Cole, where it's it's nice to see a race decided by the money stop. And it seems like that five team has just become so accustomed to delivering on the money stop. It's kind of been their hallmark since winning that championship in 2021. Just absolutely amazing. The strategy calls that Cliff Daniels comes up with, the execution on pit road, and just obviously Kyle Larson's an absolute wonder. One of the best drivers of our generation. Great race by the five team as a whole. And, you know, obviously we've seen better products on track at Martinsville. I'm not going to deny that. But... You, you mentioned how we forecasted this race very well. Got to pat ourselves on the back again because this was another great race for us. Obviously, there were some flaws in there too, like Ty Gibbs did not nearly have the showing that we thought he would. Christopher Bell did not as well. Just a few things here and there, but I, I want to highlight a few things here. You mentioned Ty Gilliland. I had felt good about him as well. He was running top 10 for a majority of this race and then uh, dropped a cylinder, in. I think, after the final pit stop of the day. And they're relegated back to a 25th place finish, which was, you know, disappointing. And we forecasted that driver well. But as you know, 25th does not pay for DFS. So we'll take the L on that one. Noah Gregson as well. He's another driver that worked his way up in the top 15 at one point. And I think they had a really bad money stop on their end. So they ended up finishing in 30th. But one thing that I mentioned specifically was I thought that we were going to see the Fords have an upswing and we've seen Chevrolet have their time in the sun the entire season. So they're making a run at it. And I said, I don't know if they're going to make it to victory lane, but I think they're going to show their face at the top of the leaderboard. And lo and behold, they did. Chase Briscoe and Stuart Haas Racing just dominated this race entirely. Briscoe led a total of 109 laps. And then you had, obviously, Kevin Harvick leading 20 and looked like he could probably win the race before uh, an untimely flat tire and loose wheel derailed his day. Even Ryan Priest, before we forecasted the Fords having a fast day in Martinsville, he qualified on the pole. He led every lap in stage one, led 135 total, and ended up finishing 15th after speeding on pit road and that kind of derailing his day. But all in all, the Fords just killed it. Stewart House Racing killed it. And I, I know there was a lot of flack in this race for the lack of passing and whatnot. There were only 10, 10 lead changes, which... Doesn't sound like a whole lot, but I was looking at Beck at Racing Reference, and all of last year, there were not even 10 passes for the lead at Martinsville, so there was more on that front. And even more surprisingly, there were 2,026 green flag passes in this race. There have not been that many, going back to 2015. So I know, like, it wasn't the most compelling thing when you look at the battle for the lead, but through the field, it, it was definitely a, an improved product from what we had in recent years in Martinsville and with this new short track package. I just think that fans have this grand vision of Martinsville and Bristol being this absolute gauntlet, like like it was back in the day in the, the 80s and the 90s, beaten and bang every single lap, the aggression tempers flared up. It's just not that. It's, it's a different sport, and, and I think that 
we can get to a place like that eventually, but it's going to take some time. And I think we're seeing the benefits of an improved short track package as a whole. And like looking up and down the list, you would have predicted from, from stages one through two, before it was going to be in victory lane, it was going to be a uh, Stewart House racing car, and it wasn't. He had Kyle Larson's team fight all day and win this race for their second of the season. Joey Logano went a lap down in stage one and rallied to finish runner-up for another great strategy call. Truex also struggled throughout the day, finished third. So it was just, I thought, in my opinion, it was not a horrible race. It was not the best Martinsville race, but I think it's a lot better than what people made it out to be. You make a really, really convincing argument there. When you talk about some of those developing storylines over the course of the race, you're 1,000% right through stage one and stage two. If you had to put your money on who was going to win this race, I don't think you would have said Kyle Larson, and you sure as hell would not have said Joey Logano after he was a lap down. There were a lot of those kind of developing storylines, and when you look a little bit deeper, think a little bit deeper like we always do here on The Money Stop with some of those things you just mentioned, Cole, that's very true. It's... uh. You think about the reputation that short tracks have in general and the reason why NASCAR wanted to add more of them. It is kind of always been that that kind of gauntlet mentality of you're, that's that's what you're going to get. You think about even when you and I, Cole, got into NASCAR in the late 2000s, it was Kyle Busch versus Carl Edwards. This is where Tony Stewart threw the helmet at Bristol. There was always that kind of it was the place where rivalries were born, but they've evolved in so, to so much more of a technical track a more strategic race and that's why you saw it be resulted uh, the way it, that it, it did end and, and when it was all said and done at martinsville and that is kind of exciting to see because um that's something you wouldn't have thought about happening at these short tracks years ago but it, it's something that is good for the sport because it's kind of it feels a little bit cohesive with the rest of the schedule you think about the mile and a half two mile tracks the kind of bread and butter of the sport and the racing and the competitiveness really is very similar to what we've seen on the short tracks. So if you had the same exact race take place at, I'll say, a, a Vegas, people would say it was a great race. But since it was at Martinsville, and it's not what people are used to, it wasn't a great race for other people. But you make some really convincing points there. And again, a job well done by us in, in predicting the way it turned out. It was a Ford show. And we kind of, if you followed us on social media at the underscore money stop, and Cole's social media, personally, at Cole underscore Cusimano underscore, you were lighting up about the Fords from the beginning of the weekend. We knew from the first practice session, or the practice session, I should say, that it was going to be a Ford-dominated race. And sure enough, it was. Chase Briscoe, another strong uh, showing two weeks in a row. He was another one of our sleepers for the win. And you could make the argument that he very well could have ended up in victory lane. But the Fords maxed out uh, the most of any manufacturer in the top 10. You mentioned Kyle Larson, Joey Logano, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin. One, two, three, four. It was uh, the cream rose to the top in terms of the veterans. We talked about how aggressiveness and experience tends to reward those at Martinsville. And that's that's exactly what you saw in that top four there with Chase Briscoe finishing fifth. Eric Almarola, a bit of a surprise in sixth. Ryan Blaney, one of our favorites, wound up seventh. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in eighth. Bubba Wallace, who was in our recommended DFS lineup, wound up with the top 10 in ninth. And Chase Elliott, in his return to the sport, wound up in 10th. So I think that that really ties it up pretty well. Splash and go. Um, you know, any any kind of final thoughts, any repercussions coming from this race that immediately come to your mind, Cole? Not a whole lot to take from that. I mean, I thought it was kind of cool having the racing gods kind of stir up a little karma for the whole Ryan Priest, Kyle Larson saga. I mean, 
he he doored him at, at Bristol and ended his day at, at a track where I know he wants to win very badly at. And then, sure enough, the, the next race, Ryan Priest qualifies on the pole, dominates hmm. the first stage, and Kyle Larson, by virtue of the money stop and a whole lot of vengeance, wins the thing. So I, I thought that was a great storyline. And I also wanted to just say one more thing on Kyle Larson, and as kind of a segue into our Take It to the Bank segment, we always, always preach to go with your gut. I had mentioned last week multiple times the easy picks, and the picks I should have went with were probably the 20 or the 24. You went with Christopher Bell. I wasn't going to go with Byron. But when we were picking our, our favorites for the win and and all that, our sleepers, I had said, you know what? I got to change my mind, my gut saying Kyle Larson. And sure enough, yep. the gut call once again paid off. And yep. that could not be more evident going into a week like Talladega coming up this week. So just I just want to preach it again. Go with your gut. And as far mm-hmm. as this episode is concerned, we're recording very early in the week. We don't have paint schemes, so we'll have the Nicker Dime graphic up uh, in a couple days. But this is going to be a bit more conversational, a bit more observational. And I think the biggest thing is, like, we're not going to have the numbers out there for you or the DFS values, but that's for good reason. Because when you go to a track like Daytona or Talladega this week, you have to go with your gut. And as we saw last week, the gut call usually pays off. So uh, just keep that in mind as, as we, we go through a, a more untraditional episode for Talladega and the Gecko 500. Yeah, and I was telling you before we started this, again, we are recording on a Monday. I kind of like that as a theme of this episode because it really puts in perspective how much of a wild card Talladega is. And whatever the odds are, because we don't have them right now, they're not going to change our opinions. you got to go with your instincts and your gut and kind of what we saw at Daytona this year all the super speedways last year, even Atlanta this year, you just kind of, I think that's going to be something very important to go along with. And and I think, again, when you brought up recording on Monday, I really like the idea because if there's ever a time to do it, it, it really, it, it should be at Talladega where you're going to go with your gut. And, and that's how we're going to work our way into this episode. So kick it off with your first sleeper, Cole. Beautiful. And uh, I want to preface here by saying we, we both gave our favorites earlier in the day and both of our favorites are the exact same, so I kind of gave one each to us, and I added a couple more for some variety. But full transparency, I'll, I'll lead off with my favorite for the win. That's going to be Brad Keselowski. Don't need to say it again. Six wins at Talladega, seven total on Super Speedways, which is among the most of all time. His spotter is one of the best in the business at these tracks, TJ Majors. He led over 40 laps in both Super Speedway races this season, those being Daytona and Atlanta. He got involved in the last caution at Daytona while going for the win and finished runner-up at Atlanta. Showed incredible speed at both those tracks and the entire season. And I'm going to say it right now, like we said, the numbers are not, not up yet. The odds, the values, as soon as they go live, you should be putting money on Brad Kozlowski for the win. Top fives, top threes, putting him in your lineups. Because I think when you go to a track like Talladega, you had very few drivers in history. The Dale Juniors, Jeff Gordon, Sale Earnhardt. You know those guys were going to be good for, if not a win, a top five or a top ten at Talladega. Brad's very much one of those guys. And he had, like Kyle Larson, I think he had a race where he would like to forget and get some vengeance for because they were in position. Once again, another one of our calls for a a sleeper, Brad Kozlowski. He was running top ten a good portion of the day, worked his way up there was in position to score potentially a top five finish and maybe even contend for the win uh, until the, the final caution of the day came out for a tire being parked up against the front stretch wall. 
And apparently it was parked there for three, four laps before NASCAR called it. And just they, they waited as long as they could. They had their pit stop and it, it did not play out in their favor. So I think that team is seething hot right now. They go into a track where they know they're an instant contender for the win. They're always going to be a contender for the win. And I, I think, like I said, the speed's been there all season. The speed's always there on these types of tracks. And I, I would be surprised if Brad Keselowski has not walked away with, with the top five or the win this weekend in the Geico 500. Yeah, we are 100% on the same page there. I think uh, there's something to be said that the fact that we're going to Talladega and you and I both agreed on our two favorites to win this race should speak volumes. And to be quite honest, it would be a shock if Brad doesn't finish in the top five. And, and obviously, it is Talladega. Something would and very well could go wrong for Brad Kozlowski. Something would have to go wrong from the not finish in the top five. The other that we really both agreed on, Cole, was Ryan Blaney, who is kind of peaking into form right now. We talked about the speed of the Fords last week. And Blaney is a guy that's got top 10s in both super speedway races this year, coming off his fourth top 10 of the season at Martinsville. And he has been quite simply automatic at Talladega. A pair of wins, 228 laps led in only 17 starts. He's led laps in eight of the last nine races there and finished runner-up in the most recent Talladega race. Then going back to 2020, which is kind of the recent history in the Cup Series, eight top 10s and 13 starts at Super Speedways with two wins and an average finish inside the top 10. That is very difficult to do, and I think you can very well expect Ryan Blaney to be a contender for the win this week, as well as his Penske teammate. I mentioned Joey Logano as a guy to keep an eye on last week in Martinsville. That's another team that seems to be peaking into the form. Peaking into form is the 22. Joey had a really nice run at Martinsville after he rallied from being a lap down. Once again, Paul Wolf, kudos to him, the master strategist, who will be, a, again, he's a, you go to a super speedway, you go to a track like Talladega, having Paul Wolf atop the pit box is going to be massive, as well as Coleman Presley, his eyes in the sky in the spotter stand, widely renowned as one of the best spotters in the sport, especially at super speedways. That's a pairing that I think you need to take into consideration when we go to Talladega. And banking off that pairing, you talk about Paul Wolf at super speedways, he had five super speedway wins with Brad Keselowski, as well as the one earlier this year with Joey Logano. So one thing, Cole, that has been our bread and butter all season long has been relying on the results we've seen in the next-gen era. And what we've seen is that Joey Logano won at Atlanta and has been really good under Paul Wolf and Coleman Presley at these super speedways. Looking at Joey's Talladega career, which, again, I'm taking less stock in than his recent history at super speedways, He's got three wins and 417 laps led, which are both the second most of any driver in the sport in the Cup Series actively. Had a streak of leading laps in seven straight Talladega races that was snapped last fall. On the broader scope, he has led in 13 of the last 15 races there. But once again, Cole, I'm banking the Joey Logano favorite pick on two things. The first is that pairing of Paul Wolf and Coleman Presley. You can argue that that trio of Logano, Paul Wolf, and Coleman Presley is the best recipe for success at Talladega in the entire garage. And secondly, how good that team has been on super speedways in this kind of recent era of the sport. So give me the Penske Fords, specifically Blaney and Logano this week. I love all three Penske Fords this week. And I, I think, look at this. So, so we have our, our favorites category. We're going through these these first three drivers, all three are Fords. I'm going to go on record right now and say a Ford wins this race. I have a really good feeling about them. I had a good feeling about them last week. And in reference to Logano and Blaney, I, I think both drivers have a great shot to win this race. I think it, I'd be surprised if one of the three we already mentioned does not win this race. But I think in reference to Logano, 
this past race at Martinsville was a, a huge step in the right direction because we mentioned the inconsistency. They were they seemed doomed for another horrible day. They had to start from the rear. They went a lap down early on, and they rallied to finish second with, with the Paul Wolf call. And we've been preaching this since the, the the pairing first came about. We think that this Paul Wolf Logano duo is one of the best in the business, if not the best in the business. And they won their first championship together last year. And I think they're only getting started here. And I think that having that momentum going into a track like Talladega, where they always see a lot of speed and success, it's going to be good things. And I think that also extends to the the entire stable for, for Team Penske. My final driver for the favorites category is going to be our 10th place finisher at Martinsville. And that's going to be Chase Elliott, who I think is developing into one of the more esteemed speedway racers, specifically at Talladega. He's got two wins there, including the playoffs last year and top tens and half his starts there. And I don't usually factor in averages for a place like Talladega, but 14.2 through 14 starts is the best among active drivers with 10 or more starts at Talladega. So a solid and respectable sample size for an otherwise unpredictable track. And I think Chase, like us, is all too aware that he'll likely have to win to get in the playoffs, sitting Mm -hmm. 31st in the standings. And I think we all have no doubt he's going to get multiple wins before the playoffs begin, obviously. But I think he wants to set the tone very early on and get that win out of the way now and just go on a tear and show that, I guess, make up for lost time in a way. But there's no denying he's going to get a win and make the playoffs. I just think he wants to get out of the way now. I think he's determined. I think he's hungry. And I think Martinsville is a step in the right direction because they were looking like they were a 20th place car the entire day. I don't know how they got 10th. That was a really gutsy effort, and I think that that'll also, like Logano and his and his performance, breed good things for Talladega. And I was kind of like making this outline. I, I was mulling between Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott because I think both are in similar situations. They're both very hungry and very determined to get that win, but for different reasons. Like you, you could say Denny Hamlin's a favorite, obviously having the success at Talladega and Daytona recently, but I think that. You weigh the two options, and I think that the speed's been there, there more on a prominent basis for Hendrick as opposed to Gibbs and the Toyotas. And I just like, with my gut call, Chase Elliott a lot this weekend, personally. And listen, you mentioned how they're they're both very motivated to win right now, but for different reasons. The most dangerous person at a super speedway is a guy who has nothing to lose. And Chase Elliott, you can argue, is the only driver in this entire field with the exception of some that have wins, that has nothing to lose. He's not racing for points in any way, shape, or form. Denny Hamlin is, so I I like using Chase Elliott as the tiebreaker there. And if you're going to pick one Chevy to lead off the first of the Chevys we're going to mention on this podcast, this episode, it might as well be Chase Elliott because he knows he needs to win and he's got nothing to lose. And he is, again, one of the most experienced and esteemed drivers at super speedways in this field. I'm keeping this Cole in the Penske family. I already mentioned Blaney and Logano. Why not also throw, as we kick into our sleepers category, why not also bring Austin Sindrick into the mix? I have been so impressed by Austin Sindrick at Super Speedways since his very first race as a rookie last year. We were both sitting in the stands at Daytona, and I could not believe, first of all, the fact that he had such a great Daytona 500 and, and that he won that race, but he just has a knack Every time we've been to a super speedway, even going back to his time in the Xfinity series, he had the one super speedway win at Daytona in the Xfinity series, finished top, top 10 at Talladega last year. And then this year he led laps at Atlanta, finished 11th. 
I love the way that Cindric races at these tracks. He has a knack for picking the right partners, picking the right lanes. He has that super speedway instinct that doesn't grow on trees, in my opinion. I think that the light we look at Brad Keselowski in is the light we're going to look at Austin Cindric in about five or 10 years from now. I think he's going to win a lot of super speedway races in his career. And again, I think he's kind of fallen off the radar a little bit because he hasn't won one since that Daytona 500. I think he knows just as well as I'm talking about right now how confident he is at super speedways that entire two team is. And again, the Penske stable is at Talladega. And I think he's motivated to win as well. He's got to win. He's just right outside the playoffs right now. You're right about getting to that time, weather is heating up, get into the spring where these drivers recognize the situation they're in in the points. They circle certain dates on the calendar. And you can bet your money that Austin Sindrick and that two team have circled Talladega as a day that they can possibly win and punch their tickets to the playoffs. Yeah, I love that call. And I think what you said was spot on. Like watching him in the stands and just seeing how he's performed at these tracks in his rookie season and in the Xfinity series, he's very calculated. He he knows which battles to pick. He knows when to lay back. He should be due for a good day as well. I think that whole Penske stable, as I mentioned before, they're going to have a really strong run. They always have some of the most power under the hood along with Hendrick. But the Fords, they do outweigh the Chevys, and I think that you could take a lot of stock in that when talking about other teams. Specifically, like we saw last week in Martinsville, Stuart Haas Racing. Another hunch I have this week going in is with Double A, Eric Amarola, who I think always seems like a front runner when you go to Talladega. He also has a pair of Speedway wins, one coming at Talladega in 2018, and we documented the Ford upswing last week, Stuart Haas's rise as a whole. I think that that team, they just seem like they're they're performing better. But I like what I've seen from Eric Amarola. They've been steady. They've been consistent. They've been working their way up. And I think that when you look at that top 10 from the last race, they look like the most consistent driver from that day. They were in that top 10 basically the entire running. And I think that should bring a lot of momentum into this race where they should have a lot of speed. And also on that, that top 10 he scored last week was his first of the season Easily his best showing of the season. So I like Amarola as, as a gut call more than anything. I just think that that 10 car is the one that you always think of when you go to Talladega and specifically mm-hmm. in the spring for some reason. I, I don't know why it, maybe you feel feel differently or maybe the same, but I think in the spring at Talladega, Amarola seems like he's always in the, in the running uh, towards the end. He's another one. He just kind of has a knack for being there at the end and being very conservative. He's not one of those that's going to use up all of his energy in the early stages. He always seems to be there and really, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated super speedway drivers, which brings me to my next sleeper, Cola, and a guy that I always have my eyes on when we go to super speedways, especially Talladega, and that's Eric Jones. It's been a pretty tough season for Eric Jones. I think that it's not been the, the beginning that Legacy Motor Club was looking for, but again, you go to a track like Talladega, not to sound like a broken record, but it warrants on this episode When you go to a track like Talladega, you can throw stats and performance out the window for the most part, outside of some of the factors we've talked about. But Eric Jones actually has the longest active top 10 streak at Talladega with three straight races. He finished sixth with over 20 laps led in both races last year. And looking beyond that 27th place finish in the fall of 2021, he has five top 10s in the last six races at Talladega, which is not an easy thing to do. He's another one, again, when we go to tracks like Talladega and Daytona, but especially Talladega, you look for guys that have been consistent. You look for guys that know how to stay out of trouble, that have the instinct I was talking about before. Eric Jones is one that has always had it. He's got a super speedway win in the Cup Series under his belt. 
And you just know that he is, again, he was even there towards the end at Daytona this year. You know that Eric Jones is going to keep the nose clean. And again, like you said before, Cole, pick the right battles. He's got a lot of Chevy teammates out there on the track. And I expect Eric Jones to be in the running for the win as a sleeper this week. Yeah, you know what? And when you sent me that text this morning about your sleepers, I was kind of like, eh, Eric Jones, when I first read it. But doing the research and making this outline, like, you've sold me. I, I think I associate Eric Jones more with Daytona because the one win he has there and the um, the clash win he had there as well. But kind of similarly to Eric Amarola, actually, like, it always seems like in the spring specifically, Eric Jones is always towards the front, and he's towards the front anyway at pretty much all those tracks. But for some reason, I, I feel like the spring... And Talladega, they really mesh well for Eric Jones. And like Eric Amarola, it, it just feels like one of their races. And they're very similar, like underrated drivers at these tracks. So I, I do like Eric Jones quite a bit this week as well. My final sleeper has got to be Bubba Wallace. And you mentioned last week, Bubba being a very temperamental driver for better or worse. I think it's going to benefit him this weekend very well, actually, because didn't highlight him in, in any categories last week. But we did add him to our DFS lineup as a good gut call and from the eye test over the past few weeks. And I know you can't take much stock going into Talladega as far as performance and such and speed, but I'd argue with Bubba that you can, because on speaking on the temperamental side of things, he seems like he's in a much better headspace. He's been performing better. He's finished 12th at Bristol after starting 11th, finished ninth after starting ninth at Martinsville, which is a step in the right direction. And I think, no matter what, when you go to these tracks, Daytona, Talladega, Atlanta, Bubba always has a great spirit about him. But I think when you have those results to back it up in the weeks prior, it's going to add to that and make you more comfortable on track, make you more confident and more calculated on track. So I, I think, again, not the flashiest stats, but consistency is key. Consistency breeds confidence. And I think that's key for someone like Bubba, who brims with it when we go to these tracks. Yeah, I mean, you talk about kind of similar to what I mentioned with Austin Sindrick before, a guy that is on the playoff bubble as we get into the middle of the season. And you know, for a fact, he had Talladega circled on his calendar as a race that that 23 team very well could win. I love Bubba this week. And talking about him, his uh, success kind of going with his attitude, a top 10 means he's riding into Talladega with very high confidence and very high emotions. And again, I think he would be anyway, but especially coming off a top 10 at Martinsville. So that's our sleepers and our favorites this week, Cole. And I mentioned it from the top how we're obviously this week, we're not going based off the odds with what we're going with here. We're going with our gut. And that's what you have to do with Talladega. The only loophole to this is that in our value picks category, we usually do base it off of where Vegas has them in terms of their odds to win, their odds in DFS, uh, their price in DFS, I should say. And we can't do that this week with how early we're recording. So we're going to say a few guys that we think will be value picks, but this is the most important week to follow us at the underscore money stop because once we do know what the odds are, and they'll probably drop early this week, we can be able to tell you for sure whether or not these guys are going to be good values. There could even be some of our sleepers in there like Bubba or Eric Jones that are good values and maybe some guys we name here in this bracket. Maybe Vegas has them favored a little bit higher, uh, but long story short, Keep an eye on our social media at the underscore money stop to know for sure who the value picks are going to be this week at Talladega. We go to Talladega, we go to any super speedway, and I'm circling the name Michael McDowell on my list. Top 10s in three of his last four starts at Talladega, including a pair of third place finishes, one of those being his last start there in the fall. 
a win, of course, at the Daytona 500 in 2021. Michael McDowell is always, 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 always a good bet at super speedways. He has never failed us. I I won't say never. He almost never fails you. Like literally nine times out of 10, if you bet on Michael McDowell at a super speedway for a top five or top 10, it's going to pay off handsomely for you. And I I think that some of that may even rub off on Todd Gillen this week. You think about how hot that other front row motorsports team is. I think Michael McDowell's rubbing off on him a little bit. And uh, I really like McDowell this week. Showing my cards a little bit early. We don't know what the odds are, but I can guarantee you that one of my big money bets by the end of the week will 100% be Michael McDowell to finish in the top five and or the top 10. I echo all you just said. And typically when we go to these types of tracks, somehow he's either at even, which is plus 100 or, or just above even to finish top 10. And if that trend holds true for this weekend, absolutely big money bet all around for both of us. Hammer that down. One of my value picks, um, this might come as a surprise, maybe not. I'm going to kind of rope in two guys, actually, but it's going to be his teammate, not who you're thinking in Todd Yolen, but Zane Smith, who I think is getting much more comfortable with the cup cars. He started last week in place of Cody Ware, who is currently uh, indefinitely suspended for allegations of abuse. On a lighter note, the 38 has showcased great speed all season with Todd Gilliland, finished 13th in the Daytona 500, his first speedway race. And his FRM teammates always have prestige on these types of tracks. Two speedway wins in trucks. And honestly, I, I mentioned Zane Smith as my personal, like, one value pick. But I'm also going to rope in Todd Gillen as well. Because I see both those drivers as a, as a 1A, 1B for me this week. I love mm-hmm. the FRM stable as a whole, personally. Kind of like Team Penske. I just mm-hmm. think that they've been performing very well lately. I think mm-hmm. they have a lot of confidence. I think the speed's been there. And... These are three guys who typically run very well on, on tracks like Daytona and Talladega. So I like the entire FRM stable, but kind of thinking outside the box and going with somebody who's likely going to be priced lower than Todd Gilliland and Michael McDowell and someone who's not like a, I guess, a household front runner name in the Cup Series. I like Zane Smith as a kind of a surprise top 10 finisher for this week. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's funny you mentioned Zane Smith because I actually didn't know that he was one of your value picks. And I talked about how, I think I really like the way that Front Row Motorsports is shaping into form right now and how it seems like with the three teams there and Michael McDowell maybe rubbing off a little bit and some really bright minds in that part of the garage. I like that stable a lot. And I think that part of my confidence in the Ford stable overall with how much I'm glowing about Penske this week, that kind of feeds into what we're talking about here with Front Row Motorsports. Getting into another guy I think is going to be a value pick this week, Cole, And another one that my attention shifts to when we go to super speedways is Justin Haley. We know how good he is on these tracks. Five total wins on super speedways, including one in Cup at Daytona, two at Daytona, and at Talladega in the Xfinity Series. He is another one that I look at him in the same light as a guy like Eric Jones, Michael McDowell, Austin Sindrick. A guy that he's not the favorite to win this race, but you know he is going to be there when it's all said and done. He has top 15s in half his cup starts at Talladega, including two of them last year. So Justin Haley, again, when I'm looking at my picks, I'm looking at guys that have a great super speedway pedigree. I'm not even looking at the odds yet. We don't even have them. And I know for a fact that Justin Haley is going to be whatever he's valued at. I know it's going to be a good value going into Talladega. Yeah, I like, I, and again, we don't have the numbers. I think a top 10 bet for him would be great. But I, I also wanted to bring something up with, with him. You mentioned Chase Elliott and him not having much to lose. 
He's another guy that's nothing to lose. And ironically, he sits behind Chase Elliott in the standings who missed six races. He's 32nd in the standings and very under the radar because that whole penalty. He has two top tens ready this season. So I, I think Justin Haley's a great and very under the radar pick, which sounds weird to say yeah. for a track like Talladega, but I think he's going to be a great pick. And another guy in that same breath is Cora LeJoy. He finished 16th at Daytona and 4th at the New Atlanta, which is a career best finish. All six of his top 10s in Cup have come on these style of tracks, and he's had at least one going back to 2019. And I also wanted to note his best start at Talladega has been 25th. And should this trend remain true, he's an automatic lock. I think he's kind of in that lock category anyway, given his uh, pedigree on these types of tracks and how he maneuvers and, and just how he comes to the forefront at seemingly all these tracks and all these races. But I, I think always with this category, look at the starting positions. And I think of the four that we've mentioned, McDowell, Zane Smith, Justin Haley, and Corey LeJoy, you're looking at probably LeJoy in the seven team as, as the team that will qualify the worst of the four. And I just think that given his speed on these tracks and his uh, his respectability from the garage and the trust they instill in him as a pusher and a leader, it bodes well for these style races. So I like Corey LeJoy quite a bit as well for this weekend. Yeah, we'll know more about the actual specific values later in the week. But I, I think that those four drivers, Michael McDowell, Zane Smith, Corey LeJoy, Justin Haley, those are four I feel pretty confidently are going to be legitimate values this week. But stay posted to at the underscore money stop on social media. Again, I just love that right now, Cole, you and I are speaking from the heart. We're not we're, we're not being influenced by the odds or the values at all. And I think that's going to result in just kind of the, the gut calls and the instincts that are going to lead to a successful week at Talladega. And in typical Talladega form, I'm sure we'll be laughing at all, at all these takes when it's all said and done. But I really like the way that this turned out with kind of going with our gut over diving into a lot of the numbers. And I, I think the numbers we did reflect on in our various categories were warranted. And I think we did a nice job of kind of filtering out the ones that do and do not matter. So that's our our favorites are Brad Kozlowski, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, Sleepers, Austin Sindrick, Bubba Wallace, Eric Amarola, and Eric Jones. And we just mentioned the value picks. So we're going to dwindle this down to one driver from each category, Cole. I'm sticking with the, the Penske Fords in the top two categories. Ryan Blaney's my favorite to win. Austin Sindrick is my sleeper for the win. And I am taking Justin Haley as my top value pick of the week. Beautiful. And I mentioned how high I was in the Fords for this week. And I'm sticking with that. Brad Kozlowski is my favorite for the win. Eric Amarola is my sleeper on a hunch. And then Zane Smith is my value pick also, who I feel very good about. And that's stable as a whole with FRM. Well, we don't know, again, the big money bets. Oh, and to recap, that is our favorites. Brad Kozlowski. Ryan Blaney, and then our sleepers, Eric Almarola, Austin Sindrick, our value bets of the week, Zane Smith, and Justin Haley. I really like that crop of six quite a bit. We're not going to have our DFS lineup recommendation for you until probably Wednesday or Thursday, depending on when they, they get those uh, budgets out and the driver prices out. But stay tuned to social media once again for that, because we had a really good DFS lineup last week. And I know we had a few people that banked out big time with that, as well as, um, some of our other bets, which included the big money bets, which is those we're more comfortable throwing a larger sum of money on because the odds are not quite as long as a winner pick. And I think we're in agreement, Cole, on the winning manufacturer being a Ford this week. Mm -hmm. um, outside of that, what are your other big money bets before we know the odds? What do you think? What are some things that you think are going to be money in the bank before we even know what the odds are going to be? 
I love the Michael McDowell top 10 call always. Yeah. <laughs> that seemingly like pays out nine times out of 10. And then any, any Brackislowski prop, whether it's top five, top 10, probably won't get a good value for top 10, but top five, top three. I, I love those. Even, I don't know what his odds are going to be going against this race, but it like, I want to say for, for Daytona, it was around like plus 1800. That in itself is a great value. I like any Kislowski value, uh, Michael McDowell top 10 prop, and Ford as the winning manufacturer. I, I would throw a very large sum of money on that if I were you. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement on all of those. And to echo a few of the drivers I just finished talking about, I like Justin Haley prop bets this week, uh, specifically top 10. I like Justin Haley in the top 10 this week. And I love Austin Sindrick prop bets. I think all eyes are on Logano and Blaney and you know, again, Austin Sindrick is kind of the odd man out, but you can make the argument he is a top five super, super speedway racer in the garage right now with, at least in my opinion, and that's that's probably a hot take there, but I love Austin Sindrick prop bets this week, um, specifically a top 10 bet, top five bet. Those are our big money bets. Austin Sindrick, Michael McDowell in the top 10, Justin Haley in the top 10, any Brad Keselowski prop, and most importantly, a Ford Mustang in victory lane. I would imagine the Chevys will probably be favored, leaving me even more excited about a Ford winning manufacturer prop bet. So mm -hmm. take that as you will. Hopefully it puts some money in your pocket. Jumping into our winner picks now, Cole, you picked first last week and had the benefit of going with the man who won the race, Kyle Larson. This is actually, Cole, the third time this year you have picked a race winner. You did it at Coda. Oh, you, picked a, you picked Tyler Reddick at Coda. And then you picked uh, Kyle Busch at Fontana. So you are on a heater. You have picked how many races in are we? Nine. I think you're, yep. you've got a three for nine success rate, which is wow. incredible. That's, that's really good. If it's nine races, irregardless, you're on a heater as of recently, even your, your sleeper, Ryan Priest, before he even qualified on the pole, you picked him as your sleeper. So I'm going to go first this week. I've got a, a lot of different names stewing in my head. And I'm just going to say the first one that comes out. Ryan Blaney. I think I've said it time and time again this episode. A Ford will be in victory lane. Specifically, Roger Penske, one of his Fords, will be in victory lane. I love Ryan Blaney this week. Uh, it's it's tough to pick a sleeper because you and I go with the drivers who are outside the top 15 in odds, so it's, it's difficult to make that pick right now. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Eric Jones will probably be outside the top 15, and I think that he is my sleeper for the win. I would not be surprised if the 43 cars in victory lane on Sunday. Very nice. And I, I gotta say thank you for giving me Brett Kozlowski for availability for the race winner because he's for sure my pick to win Brett Kozlowski all day. And for my sleeper, I feel like Amarola could be outside that top 15, but to play it safe and because I do feel really good about him this week, I think Zane Smith's going to have a top 10 day. So I, I like Brett Kozlowski for the win and I like Zane Smith as a, a good sleeper pick. But I also wanted to say, uh, I was looking at my stats personally. You mentioned picking three race winners on our episode. I'm actually leading the points in both cup and truck for the kick in the tires fantasy mm. pools. So if that's not more evidence to, to keep listening and keep taking our advice, I don't know what is. Absolutely. And, and that's, again, in this business of, of sports betting and specifically in NASCAR, you got to celebrate the wins and you got to make sure people know about them or else they're not going to listen to you. And I think it's important to... Give yourself credit when it's due. And at this point, what is it? A third of the way through the NASCAR season? Credit is most certainly due. If you've been a loyal Money Stop listener, you have been banking out this year. Really excited for this week. It is everyone's favorite track, Talladega Super Speedway. 188 laps. 
in Talladega, Alabama, 500 miles, the Geico 500 at 3 o'clock Eastern time this upcoming Sunday, April 23rd on Fox. Invite some friends over, invite some family over, have a watch party. This is one of the true crowned jewels, not just of racing, but in all of sports, in my opinion. It is one of the most exciting weekends and, and races of the year. Have Invite some buddies over, have them throw money on, on random drivers, pick pick a number out of a hat. He might end up in victory lane. This is a it's gonna be a great week, Cole. And I, I cannot wait to kick back and watch it after I call a baseball game on Sunday. It's one of the best weekends every year. And I'm happy you brought up, you know, inviting some friends over and watching it because we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, uh Bristol Dirt and how we both had, or I guess I had family and friends here watching who had never been a fan of the sport and they really enjoy it. They were glued to the TV. You'd mentioned Coda having friends over, and the same thing happened there. If you really want to get somebody into NASCAR, this is the week to do it. Either a Daytona or a Talladega, because you you invite those people over, have a watch party. The odds are so good. The favorite's probably going to be like plus 1,200, plus 1,000. If you throw two bucks, five bucks on three or four drivers, and one of those hits, you're going to come out ahead. And it's so fun to watch these races when you throw a bet down, because Mm -hmm. anyone can win. Literally anybody can win. And... (laughs) unless there's a big one early on, which there really hasn't been many big ones in recent memory, you're going to be in it until the end. And it's a, like a high-octane Saratoga Springs horse race or whatever, you know? So <laughs> I, I would say take Stephen's advice, take my advice, invite friends over, crack open a cold dew because it is Talladega, Alabama, and uh, enjoy this one, the Geico 500 on Sunday. Bet it up. That is how, that, that's one of the most fun things about the sport. That's why we do this podcast. The Money Stop is It's the most important stop of the day on the track, as evidenced by last week. But one of the most fun things about NASCAR in general is the betting factor. And specifically when you go to tracks like Talladega, it's going to be real exciting. And it's going to, I think, over this next 10 years where sports betting has become more widely accepted and legalized, I think you're going to see a lot more eyes turning to NASCAR because of events like Talladega. So that's just kind of us rambling on there. And it's, it's exciting, to say the least. So... Anyhow, we're going to drop the jack on the most important stop of the day. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Hopefully, you've been banking out with us over the last couple of weeks and your pocket's been getting fat with some of the great calls that we've made and specifically that Cole has made over the past couple of weeks. It's going to be a fun weekend as you watch Talladega. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And for Cole, I'm Stephen Cusimano. We'll see you next week.